Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. All right, I definitely left you in a state of anticipation at the end of last week's episode, and now I am so excited to introduce this conversation that's about to take place between Marisol Alisea and Savannah Locke. Savannah joins us today to to share about The Faithful Project. It's a collaboration of female artists and authors who came together about a year ago to highlight the stories of women in the Bible. All right, this is a really unique thing, and we're really excited about it. And specifically today's conversation with Savannah dives into some beautiful insights on Mary Magdalene and what it really means to hold on and not let go of our faith, especially in a world that is faithless. I mean, we're living in a world that is increasingly hostile to Christian faith. There's no doubt about it. And this is a wonderful chance for two incredible women Marisol and Savannah, to come together and celebrate the true feminine genius is just so refreshing. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. We'll be back with Savannah in just a moment, but until then, enjoy this beautiful song called The Detour by Sarah Kroger off of The Faithful Project. And somehow every unexpected clock makes your goodness that much harder to Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, Savannah. How are yeah, you? Great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it is great to have you here. So before we like get into the project, I would love to talk about you and about your music career. And you're also a writer. Mm-hmm. Just tell me a little bit about like who is Savannah. Tell our listeners like how like is who you are. Who I am. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. So I write and I also sing and lead mm-hmm. worship. And I own my own business. So wow. I'm yeah, doing real estate media. So no I'm way. just like sort of doing all of the different things right now. What is real estate media? So like photography, videography, 3D ah, cameras, okay. all of the things. Yeah. Yes. And so that's sort of what my life looks like on a daily basis is juggling all three of those things at once. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty reflected in this too, because I was involved pretty much in like all of the different areas, which was really fun to get that's to be great. a part of. Yeah. That's awesome. And we can like dive into it later. Mm-hmm. Later. But The Faithful Project is this beautiful project that you did mm. with a bunch of women mm-hmm. here in Nashville or from all over the world? Yeah, they're from everywhere, okay. the women that were involved. But it took place in Bellevue right down the street. Wow, mm-hmm. that's really special. Mm-hmm. And so basically last year, why don't you just tell me? I can get, I can tell you what I think it is. Marisol, no, seriously, it's like the most amazing project. And I actually got involved because someone dropped out last, like literally the last minute. Yes. And then Andy Osenga, who works at Integrity and was like involved in kind of bringing together for this project. Yeah. He called me and he was like, hey, 
someone dropped out and this is happening in two days. We feel like you would love to be a part of it. Like, would you want to come? And I was like, yes, I would. (laughs) And so literally all of these women came from all over the world. These like amazing are actually all over the country, not world. Let's be honest. And then all of these amazing people came and we had like writing sessions together and we were able to like pray together and sing together. Mm -hmm. And it was just this incredible few days that felt like a retreat. Of just creativity. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really special. It was so fun. So do you typically like co-write or was that kind of like a new thing on this project? When I was in college, I actually signed this deal with Integrity. It was kind of a subset of Integrity called Kingsway at the time. And so at that point, I was doing songwriting a lot. Oh, awesome. And so I had co-written before, yeah. um, but I went in to the retreat for Faithful as an author. Oh, but then cool. I did get lucky because I got to be a part of all of the singing stuff too. Oh, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. That's really so. Like, how did it work? Was it you were sitting, like, sitting in a room all writing together, (laughs) or like how? Like how? I'm trying to envision it. It is difficult to explain. It's sort of like when you go on a mission trip and you come back and you're like, "This thing was so amazing," but it's difficult to like explain it to (laughs) someone. Okay, so every day started with this group writing session that we did, and so Sarah McIntosh, who wrote the introduction of the book, she led these writing sessions where she would essentially give us prompts. Everyone would have five minutes to write about the prompt. And then we all read our pieces out loud and gave positive feedback only and called out the good in each piece. So it was sort of like this bonding experience where everyone's sharing their writing. And then from there, we spent like three hours doing that. From there, then people broke out into different groups that blended songwriters with authors. Oh, cool. And so authors would bring in different stories about different women in the Bible. And then the songwriters would contribute by writing songs about it. And so that's sort of how the synergy of the project got started. So was the whole idea from the beginning to be like, this project is going to be about women in the Bible or yeah. did that develop? Yeah. So the idea was just to focus on women in the Bible and highlight their stories through music so and beautiful. writing. Mm-hmm. And like, where did the idea like originate? Through Keely. Okay. Do you know who Keely is? I don't. Okay. So she also is part of like the Compassion Integrity group. Okay. And it was Keely's brainchild. Oh, that's and awesome. that's how this all got launched. And so then you have people like Susan McPherson coming in from David C. Cook and then Andy Osanga from Integrity. And they created this amazing That's blend. awesome. Yeah. And David C. Cook is the publisher of the yes, book. Exactly. And then Integrity is um, the label. Is the label that mm-hmm did the CD. So, and then compassion is the other, it's like a trifecta compassion who do like the compassion child sponsors are the ones who are also involved. And that's what kind of blended together this amazing team. That's super, super special. Mm -hmm. So the book comes out May 1st and Mm -hmm. so does the album. Mm -hmm. And so everyone can find that on all the streaming platforms and order it online, which is Uh so exciting. Mm -hmm. But I would love to talk a little bit about what you like wrote about. So mm-hmm. you wrote about Mary Magdalene, who is also one of my favorite women. In I the love Bible that you said that. Ever. Yes. Okay. What do you love about her? Well, this is actually really special. My mm-hmm. little brother, mm-hmm. he's 23. Mm-hmm. He is very into like Hebrew and Greek and Latin and all that stuff. So he, when he was graduating high school, he had he did this whole senior project on Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. and he actually spent oh like God. four months in Magdala. Have you ever been to Magdala? That's a no, but that's amazing. You have to go to Magdala. So it's in Israel Mm -hmm. and there's there's this beautiful church and they have... So basically what happened, this is kind of a crazy story. Mm -hmm. What happened was that there was this priest Mm -hmm. who wanted to build a church basically as a place just to pray for Mm -hmm. women. So he went to Magdala and he started to like build the church but bef- but in like these ancient ruined places mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have to get like certain permits to build because they mm-hmm. want to make sure that there's no like 
historic ruins right. that you can't see. Right. So they start. he started to dig, they started to look, and then they found like first century like synagogues and like <gasps> buildings. So cool. And yeah. so mm-hmm. basically, this was like not even 10 years ago that this started. So they started like digging and they found all of these like ruins yeah. that are really valuable and basically found places that like Mary Magdalene most likely like walked on That's these That's really cool. So my mm-hmm. brother spent a bunch of time there and he came home with all of these beautiful stories. But mm. I think Mary Magdalene is just such a, like as a woman, just seeing how close she was to Jesus mm. and how beautiful and like pure and chaste their love mm. was for each other. Mm-hmm. And, but also the way that she came from this totally radically different past mm-hmm. And was able to just like approach Jesus and he embraced her. Like I think all of us as women feel, I think everybody experiences like shame Mm. and even just like not really understanding what our past Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And to be able to know that like I can approach Jesus exactly as I am Mm -hmm. and I can be made new by Mm -hmm. him. It's just so, so beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. I love that about her too. I think she's such a good like person. And I think a lot of people, at least for me growing up, when I heard Mary Magdalene, like I immediately heard prostitute or whatever. And you realize like these like, that we don't even know that she was a prostitute, mm-hmm. but we just sort of like project this story onto her when yeah. the truth is she was so dynamic and yeah. complex and like... Just like all of us. Yeah, like all of us. And there was something so exciting about her story that we kind of gloss over when mm-hmm. we have these like very simplified narratives that we've been told. And so part of like why I wanted to choose her was because I wanted to like something that they talked about during the writing camp was like giving these women space to have a voice. Mm. And it's like weird to think about someone who's dead and has been dead for 2000 years, giving them a voice. But the truth is, is that we do have these stories. So then it's about giving them space and like what might their lives have looked like? What, what, what were the implications of their relationship with Jesus? What were the implications of the words that Jesus gave to them? And Mm -hmm. like all of, and trying to put yourself in their shoes to see how amazing these women really were. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, so, so special. And so I think the thing that strikes me most about her in the in the Gospels is the way that she's just like totally made new, mm. totally made new. And then Christ is like, she's the one that's chosen to, yeah. to recognize mm-hmm. like that he's been yeah. resurrected. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's also, a, have you ever been to Rome? No. Uh, yeah, I have, but not like really spent a ton of time there. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a church that has Mary Madeline's foot. I kid you not. <laughs> you know, I did tour a couple of churches, but the foot thing is not standing out in my memory. So I think I might have missed that one. Yeah. It's actually not very well known. So like, really? chances are you didn't go there. But oh my gosh. I know this sounds so oh, crazy. that's unreal. It's, the yes. church is so weird. But there's, it literally has her, I think it's her left foot. Oh my God, that's and the, Or maybe it's her right foot. But the significance of it is it's like, it's been like a, traditionally known mm-hmm. that that was the first foot to step in to the empty tomb. Interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love all those random artifacts where they're like, these are the chains that Peter or that Paul no, was wearing. Yeah, this yeah. is her it's foot. Just, just her much. foot. It's... The rest of her body's not here. Just her foot. <laughs> and it's like preserved. And it's oh, preserved. The, like It basically like there's the foot, but they put like coating around it so it still looks like a foot. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. So. I went and saw it on yeah. Easter Sunday 2019. You that were was, like, I'm going to see I spent it. my <laughs> Easter Sunday was with Mary Magdalene's foot. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. But tell me a little bit about the journey of writing this beautiful chapter in this book mm. about Mary Magdalene well, and your experience with her. In the story in John 20, I think is where it is, when Mary Magdalene comes to the empty tomb 
and she starts grieving because she just sees like these grave cloths lying there. And Jesus came up to her and she thought that he was the gardener. And that always struck me as interesting because I've had moments of like of that in my own life where I've been face to face with God and with like the presence of God in my life. But because of like my grief or because it wasn't really what my expectations were or Jesus wasn't showing up in a way that I expected him to or anticipated, it's like so hard to see him. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to like see him clearly for for who he is. And that always struck me as being really, being really interesting. And so when we talked about different women's stories in the Bible, I was drawn to that immediately because I wanted to learn more about that. And then when I really got into it and started like thinking through when Mary did recognize who Jesus mm-hmm. was and Jesus said, don't hold on to me. You go, go and share what you've seen. And that she became like the first (laughs) like apostle, honestly, where she went and she started declaring the good news of Mm. what she had seen. And I think that there was just something really interesting to me about that too, that when Mary was clinging to Jesus, Jesus said, okay, it's time to let go now. Let go of this thing that you've seen and now go share it with others. Yeah, I think there was something really powerful about that. I love, love, love that. Mm. So how did that develop into this like beautiful story of your own healing and letting go? Yeah, so what I end up kind of juxtaposing in the chapter is this idea of holding on and letting go because Mm -hmm. I saw that a lot in Mary's story where she was like holding on to this truth that like, no, Jesus said he was going to be resurrected. So I'm going to go to the tomb or, or maybe she thought, you know, who knows what she was thinking, but this idea of holding on to this truth. But then when she came face to face with this new reality, she had to let go of her expectations of what it would look like. Mm -hmm. And then she clung to Jesus as she saw Jesus then. And then when she was holding on to Jesus, Jesus was like, let go again. And so (laughs) just, it helped me like recognize this pattern in life of holding on and letting go and holding on and letting go and how, you know, we as humans, we just like want to like be set and be done. Uh-huh. But like we actually are called into so much more growth than that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started recognizing the pattern in my own life of moments in which, you know, I had to hold on for dear life to truth or else I would die. Yeah. And then kind of the minute I settled into that, I felt like God was like, okay, now it's time to let go and like grow into something new. And so I sort of just weave different parts of my own story into that Mm -hmm. and and try to help people see maybe that pattern in their own life and find some comfort in that flow instead of resisting the flow, like Mm. really finding comfort in the flow of holding on and letting go. I love this. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I love, love, love this song Mm -hmm. with Ellie Holcomb and Amy Grant, the the one that released as the first single, Go and Speak. When I first heard it, I actually watched the video first when I watched Mm -hmm. the video and like heard them singing it. It's just so, I want to say like anointed. It's so like Mm -hmm. the Lord really spoke Mm -hmm. in that song Mm -hmm. and really came forth with Mary Magdalene's story. Mm -hmm. I feel like so, 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 so well. I know. So everybody can go listen to that song. Listen to the whole album. It's like the best partnership. I know. That song with Mary's story is so powerful. Yeah. I love it. So And of course, also like Ellie's voice too. (laughs) It's frustrating. She's so good. She's yeah, so she's good. so good. That's awesome. Okay, let's also talk about the songs that you sang on. Yeah. Which is so exciting. So you sang on The Detour with Sarah Kroger. Yes. Sarah Kroger is also like a good friend. An angel from the heavens. She's yes. amazing. And she's been she's on our amazing. podcast. Oh, and good. She's so special. We love yes, her. Yes, she's awesome. And then you've, we've also got We Are One. Yes. Uh-huh. And at this very time. Yes. Uh-huh. Which is so fun. So what was the recording process like? Like, did you record all at that house in Bellevue? Or? We did, but at a different time. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. And it was actually, I don't know, maybe six or seven months 
after kind of like quarantine had settled in and yeah. we were trying to figure out a way to safely do the whole thing. Yeah. So the recording all process, hap- like the retreat thing happened like right before, right, right? before COVID. That's yeah. so crazy. And then when all of the quarantine stuff happened and everything was locked down, we wanted to start the recording process, but we had to do it in a safe way. So yeah. what we ended up doing is everyone like masked up. And so we had like really small groups come in at different times, say totally socially distanced. And then like one person would record at a time. And it was definitely a juggling act because oh. a lot a lot of the times, like the recording process is like everyone get in the same room together and just go for buck- it. Yeah, exactly. But this was way more, you had to be very methodical about things. Yeah. So it was an interesting recording process for sure. But I was so happy to be part of it. And everyone had such a good attitude about it. And it felt like a really like honoring way of doing something like that in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. How did, because you said you came in as an author. Yeah. How did you like, transition into like, oh, but by the way, I would love to sing too. Well, I didn't really do that. I don't know. Andy was just sort of like, here are the songs you're going to sing on. And I was like, okay, because (laughs) he knew me back in college when I had been doing a lot of like singing and writing. That's awesome. And when he called me and said, hey, would you want to be part of this chapter? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then he said, and we'd love for you to sing on a couple of these songs. And that was, I'm like so proud of the songs and they turned out to be so beautiful. And I love how collaborative every part of it was. That's like what I hope everyone sees in this project is like Mm. every single part of this story had like 30 different voices on it in the best way where I'm singing on songs I didn't write and it's not just me but it's like me and Sarah and Tamar on the detour and then on We Are One there are like nine different singers (laughs) and it's just this really cool collaborative project that I loved yeah it was beautiful too like watching the video of Go and Speak to it's just like such a classic like women thing everybody's just like hugging through the whole video there's like hundreds of hugs and like um, you can just it's yeah. just that's what's so beautiful also about women like you would never see that on like an all-male project where everybody just like hugs all day yeah there was a lot of warmth in the room for sure <laughs> yeah. yes yeah so special that's awesome so great so what do you think you like learned most from this project that's a great question well I'll say what the impact of the project maybe was on me because mm-hmm. it's it's less of like a yeah a learning Although I did learn a lot in the chapter that I wrote, but just in terms of being a part of a project that was so collaborative and not competitive, mm-hmm. kind of rewired some stuff in my brain because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've literally been in Nashville since I was like 11. Oh, wow. And that's amazing. And this city is amazing and beautiful. And there's like a lot of like competition yeah. and a lot of like, you know, climbing up ladders at the expense of other people, et cetera. But something that was so special about this project is from day one, there was no hierarchy Mm. and everyone was celebrated for the gifts that they bring and everyone was able to contribute in different ways. And Mm. it just reminds me of like this idea that like we're a kingdom of priests. So that we are not hierarchical, hierarchical, hierarchical feels right. That we are not based on a hierarchy, but we are actually like meant to be collaborative with one another. And that's the way that we embody the kingdom on earth. And it's so countercultural because our culture says, no, like tear down everything else in order to get your way to the top. But Mm. what was actually in this project and what I learned so much was like the value, the kingdom value that comes with collaboration. Yeah. And that's also a very feminine thing. Mm, which mm-hmm, I love. I think mm-hmm. also, I think for men, men thrive with hierarchy. Yeah. And that, like knowing, when mm-hmm. like knowing who's, who, who I report to and all these things mm-hmm. where it's like women thrive on like committees. Mm-hmm. Like we thrive just like coming together and like celebrating each other mm-hmm. and everybody just like being, yeah, I live in a huge house with 
10, there's 10 of us. Yes. And every decision we make, we like come together and we pray about mm-hmm. it. And um, mm-hmm. I know guys' houses that are like, oh no, like the top guy just decides what we're doing that's and hilarious. everybody oh, talks about funny. it. But like, that's how guys thrive. <laughs> yeah. And like, whereas women, and I think that's beautiful to celebrate the woman of the Bible in this mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. because I'm sure all of them are smiling down from heaven being like, this is what it means to be a woman. Oh my gosh, that's literally what, okay, so Amy Grant, when we were singing these songs, First of all, she's just an icon. She's so, so like, amazing. And she just brought this, like, amazing nurturing presence to the whole thing. But when we were there and everyone was singing these songs about, like, different women, she was like, I can't help but think that all of these women are, like, crowded around looking at this happening, like, Hebrews, like, the the great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. This idea that they're looking and saying, oh, my gosh, they're singing about me. Oh, my gosh, they're singing about me. And this idea that, like, really giving them space to have a moment to shine. Yeah. It's just really exciting that we are able to participate in that. Yeah. And I kind of did some research too after I like looked at the like the song list and yeah. like looked through the book. Like, wow, I actually don't know a ton about like a lot of these women. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. There are some really interesting ones in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so special. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, everyone can definitely go listen to the Faithful album. It comes out yes, May 1st. Uh-huh. And the book, go buy the book. It's mm-hmm. super beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like reading the stories of the woman in the Bible, but also the stories of the woman on this project. Mm -hmm. And so definitely go listen to them and then definitely go visit, follow Savannah. Do you want to tell us where we can find you on Instagram and website? Instagram is the way to go. Yes. Instagram is like my primary place. That's where my family is. Yeah. So I'm at at Savannah underscore lock. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And it's great to have you. We'd love to have you back sometime. Of course. I would love that. Thank you so much. You're listening to A Woman by Ellie Holcomb and Amy Grant, again from The Faithful Project. I must say, I mean, between the detour that we heard from Sarah Kroger, A Woman Now by Ellie and Amy, I mean, I'm kind of on a first name basis with these people. Not really. I just love them. All right. These are women that I must say I have looked up to and admired for a long time. And and Sarah specifically is someone I've done a lot of work with in the past, her and her husband, Dom, our very dear friends, as you might remember, it's been a couple of years, but we've had Ellie Holcomb on the Love Good podcast, her husband Drew as well. It would be a dream to one day have Amy Grant, right? But how amazing to just see women coming together to celebrate, again, what St. John Paul II called the feminine genius. I just think it's so important more than ever, especially in a world that's gone mad. Okay, the world has literally gone mad. And who better to get out there and remind the world what it means to be woman, right? What it means to live the feminine genius than great Christian women like Marisol, like Savannah, like Ellie, like Amy, like Sarah, like many of you who are our listeners, many of you who are our patrons, who can bring the truth, the most basic truths of what it means to be human back to the forefront of relationships, dialogue, culture, 
and the public square as well. So anyways, this is, I hope, a charge and an inspiration, a real challenge to all of us, to the men out there. We've got to live the masculine genius as well. We've got to remind the world what it really means to be a man, to to be a father, to be a husband, to be a, a young man in pursuit of virtue, wherever you find yourself, witness to that authentic masculinity that the world is desperate for right now because the world is confused and the world is wounded. There's no doubt about it. So anyways, that's just my little uh, fervorino for the day. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. I'll be sitting down, actually, Marisol will be sitting down next week with Dawson Hollow. We featured them in one of our packages a couple of years ago. They're an amazing, amazing band. We'll tell you more about them next week. Until then, have an amazing, amazing continuation of your spring, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.